Blog Talk Radio. After the death of Solomon, God divided the kingdom of Israel into two houses. There were ten tribes in the northern kingdom known as the Lost Tribes of Israel. They were cast out into the world because of their great sin against God. However, God promised in the last days He would gather these lost tribes back to Israel before the return of our Lord. Unknowingly, some of the churches made up of these lost tribes knows the house of Ephraim. God is now calling them to prepare to come back home to the land He gave our fathers. The call to prepare has been sounded. And Shalom, this is your host Mark Reinbold, and this is the House of Ephraim show today. We do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Deckard. But first, a word from our announcers. And now, from Cradle of Hope, are some important announcements for you. This month, from Cradle of Hope, is a must have gift offer the transition of the church. God has transitioned the church since the days of the book of Acts. Don't miss out on this last and greatest move of God. Jesus Christ is returning for a church full of power and glory. This transition will bring the church forward. Send a gift of $25 or more. Call today and get free shipping if you ask for the Transition of Church gift offer. Call 618-262-2810 or go online at jewishprofit.com. Send a gift of $25 or more and ask for the Transition of the Church gift offer. Hey, welcome back in the show. It's Mark Reinbold. Got a couple announcements to make before we get going here with our great, great show we have in store for you. I just want to remind everyone that we do have a website, www.jewishprofit.com. That's www.jewishprofit.com. And for all you uh, new people out there, maybe the first time, that you've been on, please check that website out. You're going to find out who we are, and you're going to get a hold of a lot of material that you've never seen before. And you want to check that material out because you're going to start to learn the Word of God. And I'm telling you what, what a great opportunity that is. We also have a quarterly coming up here, and you can get more information about that by clicking on the itinerary button on the front page there in the upper left-hand corner and find out what the quarterly and where it's going to be. It's going to be over in Fairfield, Illinois out what we call lovingly the corn patch, and uh, you can be a part of that and begin to learn the material straight from the throne room of God. And I'm telling you what, that is a great opportunity, folks. So grab a hold of this and begin to prepare and to plan and, and get yourself down here and find out for yourself what's going on, and you can become part of this last day move of God, the House of Ephraim. And again, you can get all that information out at the website, www.jewishprophet.com. We also have fellowships available online. So, you know, if you're out there and you don't have a local fellowship or, or you want to begin to learn about the material and begin to plug in with the material, not only do we have this blog every day, but we also have fellowships available online. That's via Ustream.tv, and we have one on Friday night. I teach one myself Friday night. You can become part of that. There's also a Wednesday midweek service. And we teach only the prophet's material so that you're assured of learning the right material at the right time. What an opportunity, again, that all is. So, again, if you don't already have a fellowship in your area or you just are interested in learning more about what's going on, please consider joining up with that. 
and you can get more information just by emailing us at cradle at jewishprofit.com. That's cradle at jewishprofit.com. And just say, hey, I'd like to sign up for that Shabbat service that Mark was talking about, and certainly love to get you hooked up. If you want to do it just by the telephone, we can do that also. And you can give the office a call, 618-262-2810, and find out more about that also. Like I said earlier, we do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Duggard. This is a meeting to try to teach you about divine guidance. Now, I hope to date that most of you in this room, bless God, have, have bothered uh, to, to study and have gotten the tapes. It would be very important for you at this point to have understood what I was doing when I did the false, the false prophets and false prophecies, okay? It's important that you understand what I was doing when I was doing familiar spirits because this is all going to bleed into some of which we'll probably mention, and then we'll go on from there. But uh, uh, anyway, if you didn't, then you need to probably go back and play some catch-up. Now, we're going to start Second Timothy, so turn your uh, Bibles there. I've got a lot of ground to cover. I really believe in God that we can definitely get all this in this weekend. So uh, uh, if not, uh, then I'll have to keep you over Monday. No, I won't. Now, in, in 2 Timothy, the third chapter, let divine guidance, and, and, and it's important to understand that there are a lot of aspects to this thing, all right? When you talk about being divinely divi uh, uh, guided by God, then there's a lot of things that come into play, and what we're going to do this weekend with you is try to get you to open up and try to get you to discern, try to get you to understand where you may be thinking that you're being divinely guided by, but you don't understand the principles because there's a lot of them. And what we're going to do this weekend is, to, is try to wade off into this with some Holy Ghost uh, waiter boots, all right, and get you enough information here that's, uh, bless God, in some of your cases it may, it may overload you for a while. But what you're going to find out about this series that I'm doing this weekend is it's something that you all need to go back about every six months and go back through. And the reason you're going to need to go back through it is it's going to speak to you in a different manner in which it's been speaking to you as of the first time as you're going to hear it tonight. Now, the wonderful thing about a major prophet's anointing is it's going to feed anybody in this room that is so scriptural that you know more than everybody else. You're going to get fed. But it also, the important thing is that it's going to feed whoever is the least scriptural in this room. So in other words, it, it, it's not just something that's going to happen for just uh, one or two of you. This is, this is set, bless God, that it's going to, it will minister to all of you. Now, if you have found 2 Timothy, the third chapter, we will start here and we're going to read down through here. And uh, it says, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. I don't think that there's any problem with anybody in this room not believing that we are in the last days. The word perilous here means dangerous. We are definitely in a dangerous time. We are in a time when the church doesn't seem to be operating any ways close to the book of Acts. We're at a time when God is gathering the outcasts of Israel, which is Ephraim, back into the fold and going to take home to Israel. That's what you, you and I are doing here, all right? And so there, there's a, a great thing. But what happens here in this is that he's saying, For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents. Now listen to that, disobedient to parents. Can you, can, now when you stop and think about that, you're always thinking about the kids. What about you and your parents? 
Okay? Disobedient to parents. Doesn't mean unthankful. Is this unthankful the way? You bet it's unthankful. Nobody is thankful about anything. Look at that next word, unholy. We are in a time that couldn't be any more unholy. Let, let, let me tell you something about this nation that you can grasp onto. Now, we just saw the terrible thing that happened in Virginia Tech. This weekend I was in California, and, and I was ministering out there, and I began to talk about the vision of where after they took this prayer out of the school system and how God had me to prophesy and tell the people that, bless God, that it was going it, it was, was to be blood that was going to run in, in the halls of the schools all over this nation because we had taken away prayer. It had left. The very lifeline of what holds our children together went out the door. And, and, and so we began to see down the road. It didn't happen immediately, but I know I said that there'd be metal detectors in schools. There'd be police in schools, but it still wouldn't keep it from happening, that it was going to happen. And I also told them the thing at Columbine, that, that, that was just the beginning of tragedy. That it was going to, it was, in fact, my words was it's going to get worse. And did it wax worse? You bet it waxed worse. But I'm going to tell you something, brothers and sisters, it ain't over yet. This thing is going to go on and on. Reasoning behind this going on is just what, what was being ministered here by the Apostle. We are at a time when, bless God, nobody is thankful. They're not holy. They're not, they're, 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 you know, they're, nobody cares about this. It's me, myself, and I. Everything, you know, nobody is this, nobody is that. But now listen to me as a nation. This nation, the Bible says, the Word of God, uh, quoting Yeshua himself, says, that united we will stand, divided we shall fall. Now, you've heard me say, and, I, and rightfully so, this nation is absolutely fallen because this nation is divided. Look at the Democrats and Republicans. It's fallen. You've heard me say the church has fallen because we're divided. We have been divided for generations. There isn't a church anymore. There are fragments of that which the Lord God started on the day of Shavuot, which is Pentecost, that, 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 that cometh. And bless God, uh, from that fragment place that we came from, we don't even look like the book of Acts anymore. We don't even act like the book of Acts anymore. We become in many cases too sophisticated, bless God, to please God. And we would rather, bless do what? We would rather have integrity as not looking foolish than to have foolishness. It's like David. David danced before the Lord God with all of his might. His wife got all, she made all kind of nasty comments, didn't she? Ended up not having any kids over the whole thing. But the fact of it is, David was not ashamed, but his wife was ashamed of David. The fact of it is, in church today, we seem to be ashamed of people that come in and worship the Lord God with their hands raised, if you're not used to that. If somebody speaks in another tongue, you become ashamed and embarrassed because that's just not the way it's done. And somehow or other, brothers and sisters, somebody forgot to tell us that not all of this together, or not all of it can be right. We've got a group over here that believes this, a group over there that believes that. And the groups, bless God, all together, none of them agree 100% on anything except what's mainly the, not mainly, which is the main thing, which is Yeshua and what He came to do. Thank God we're in agreement there. But that's not holding the church together and didn't hold the church together. So what Paul is actually addressing here, and, and he's talking about the fact that, that we, and third verse says, without natural affection, Truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent fierce, despisers of those that are good. Boy, isn't that the truth? People cannot stand it when people, bless God, that are presenting some part of this gospel in a powerful and anointed way. All matter, you talk about people coming, crawling out of the woodwork. They do it. 
Now, why do they do it? Because I'm going to tell you something. Because they have another agenda, and their agenda is called religion. Okay? That is their agenda. They come, and, and, and brothers and sisters, many of you have heard me say often and oft, uh, very often uh, uh, that you need to examine your heart and you need to understand what the motive is all about and what you're all about toward God in this day and this age. Some of you sat in this room, most of you got the right motive. There's some of you got the wrong motive. Some of you are in this thing of, oh, what I can get and how I can be important. Look at the church. That's what they did. And look where they ended up. That's where you're going to end up. The fact of it is, this isn't, as I said, a one-man show. This is a this is God collecting the the, the, the Ephraim off the face of, uh, here in North America and going to bring Ephraim to Israel, and we're going to go home. And we are going to do what? We are about to provoke Judah to absolute jealousy because we're going to go, we're going to keep the things of God, we're full of the Rahakadish, the Holy Ghost, and we have Mashiach with us and the power of His name. And once we begin to do what? Once we begin to to speak, once we begin to do this stuff, uh, Judah's going to get all jealous. They're going to say, well, you can't do that. But you know, it's like I've told them in, in Israel a number of different times. I said, listen, Judah, you are not all of Israel. You're going to end up having to shut up and sit down and let the rest of us do what we do because we're also that of what? The tribes that went north, the ten lost tribes of Israel, they call them. The, the house of Joseph, the house of Israel itself it's called. And, of course, the house of Ephraim. So Paul, as he was addressing this stuff, he was saying in the fourth verse, they're going to be traitors. They're going to be heady. They're going to be high-minded. They're going to be lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Now listen to this one, the fifth verse. Having a form of godliness. Having a form of God. What is a form of godliness? A church is a form of godliness. People going up, listen, when Ezekiel, when God took Ezekiel and had Ezekiel look through that knot hole into the temple, and Ezekiel began to see all the sin that was taking place, and he began to see all that the priests were doing and all that was, was taken there that was displeasing to God, and he began to see the Spirit of Almighty God Himself come out of the, out of the ark, we call the Ark of the Covenant, out of the box, and begin to see that the, the, the Spirit of God, bless God, uh, above the ark. And then, bless God, in uh, uh, the end, he watched as the Spirit of Almighty God went right out the temple. And yet, as he looked through that knot hole, they were still going through the same priestly manner in which they had done, thinking that God was still in the box. The church believes that God is still in the church. And God left the church a long time ago by the manifestation of His anointing, in other words, revelation knowledge. Now, the church has the omnipresence of God and is still hanging on to, listen to me, for the most case, the book of Acts, trying to believe that sometime and some place that we're once again going to come in contact. Now, I, I've often asked pastors, how do you think that's going to happen? Do you think we're just going to be wandering around one day here in the near future and, and all the power and anointing of God is going to fall upon us and we're going to be, begin to minister? And you know, most of them are just dumb enough to say, yes, I do. And I'm here to tell you, it doesn't work that way. And let me, let me, let me tell you about the anointing. And we're going to, we're going to do some studies on anointing. I hope the next time I can do this entire thing on structured prayer so we can get some of you praying right. Most of the church doesn't know how to pray, never did know how to pray. 
You spend too much time praying for me, myself, and I, and you don't have the foggiest idea what you're doing, and then you get praying in doubt and unbelief, and you don't understand why none of your prayers are being answered, and honest to God, some of them aren't even being heard, okay? So hopefully God will let me do that next uh, next uh, the quarter, and we can get into that and change some of your lives in that way. Now, as, as, as the church began to uh, come about and, and began to bless God, begin to, 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 to see the, the power of God not in operation, as it was in the book of Acts, then the church began to back off, and what we began to do, we began to uh, have all kind of alternate plans, all right? And some of the alternate plans that we had were, was very simple. We began to do what? We began to bring in a lot of singers, and we tried to do things about it. Folks, I know churches today that have an hour, hour and a half of praise and worship, and the preacher preaches for about 15 minutes, and it's the end of the program. That's not what God's got in mind. A church, listen, a church is an institution, should be of God, that is a place for you to come to learn, not to socialize. That's all, that's the only reason for you to come. Now, warning to what's called the Messianic movement. That thing is getting itself completely out of balance. we got too many Messianic boys and girls that don't know squat about faith. They don't know squat about miracles. They don't know squat about healing. They don't know squat about probably the redemptive plan of God Himself, period. But they're out here teaching all the people how to speak Hebrew. I'm an Orthodox Jew, and I can tell you speaking Hebrew ain't got nothing to do with you getting to heaven. Speaking Hebrew has not got a thing to do with you getting closer to God. And I'm going to tell you something else that you don't know and you've never spent any time in Israel. Most of Israel speaks English. Well, that got quiet. Didn't it? And yet we're spending time teaching people how to read, how to write, and how to speak Hebrew. Don't forget the dances. Don't forget the Hebrew songs. Now, is there anything wrong with that? There's not anything particularly wrong with it. But here's where it's all getting out of balance. They're not even bringing the people to the fullness of faith, bringing the people to the fullness of healing, bringing the people to the fullness of deliverance, bringing the people to the fullness of, bless God, of, of, of miracles. We're leaving all that out. Instead of having Wednesday night prayer meeting, what we're doing is having Wednesday night, oh golly gee, we'll teach you how to say a Hebrew prayer. Now, there's nothing wrong with learning some of these simple prayers. Hebrew is not a hard language to learn. Of course, that's easy when you grew up as an Orthodox boy. But the fact of the matter is that, bless God, there's more to this than you learn how to speak Hebrew. That's all right. That didn't go real well, but it's okay. The fact of it is you need to come out and you need to understand something. This thing is balance. That's the reason God would send an Orthodox boy to get in the middle of this thing that's a prophet in order to keep you in balance and to tell you, uh-uh, we're not going to do that. Uh-uh, we're not going to get into legalisms. Uh-uh, we're not going to do that. Because it's legalisms. It's legalistic. Legalism isn't going to get you close to God. What's going to get you close to God is that word sitting in most of your laps tonight. The problem is we long since forgot to become scriptural. And what we did, we found the latest and neatest game in town for putting a cape on and a beanie running around speaking in Hebrew. Well, that got quiet. Well, Lord, we must be doing good somewhere. But you see, the plan that God has is, 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 is complete. And that's the reason we're, we're not going to end up having anything anymore with this than the Baptists have got if we keep on the same road that we're going. And I can see it coming. Bless God, I travel America. I'm seeing people pastoring. I'm seeing them trying to do stuff. 
and they're over here, they're all out of Kelder, and they think they're going the right way. Here they go. And I'm saying, what are you doing? Well, I'm doing all this. And I said, why are you doing that? Who told you to be doing that? Well, now, brother, I mean, no, you know, that's just the way we're going to do things. Well, i got news for you. That's not the way you're going to do things with this prophet. Not if you're, not if you're going to stay around this prophet. We're going to get balance to you where you can walk upright from before the Lord God and raise the dead in the name of Yeshua. Believe God for the angels to come and them show up in Yeshua's name. And that is more powerful to me than, bless God, all the Hebrew dances you could do in, 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 in the state of California. Okay? But, but you see again, and, and I'm warning you as a prophet, I'm warning you that this thing can and will get itself out of balance real quickly. And what you've got to understand is that's the reason, and I've said over and over again, that's the reason God sent you a Jewish boy that's a real live, walking, talking prophet to keep you in line. And that's what it's about. Now, you may not like that, but you'll get used to it. You'll learn to love me. Praetor, high my blood. Now, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. Now, you know what denying the power thereof? If the people aren't being raised from the dead, the blind aren't seeing, the lame aren't walking, what does it say? What does it say? Somebody tell me. Turn away from them. And you've heard me say in not so kind of words, Get out of that hole and leave them. Get away from them. Because it's not God, it never has been God, and it will never be God in this day and this hour. God is doing something new. God is putting new wine into new wineskins, and I don't care what you've called yourself in the past, and I don't care what kind of a heading you've got over the door, this is going to be a move of God. You've got a choice. You can get in, you can get out, but the thing of it is, whichever it is, get out of the way. Okay? Get out of the way. If you're not going to do it right, just get back out. My dad used to tell me something. He said, boy, you're going to have to lead, follow, or get out of the way. And you know something? It hasn't changed much, has it? In fact, it hasn't changed one iota. Now, you do understand that what, what's, what, he's, what he, the, the apostle's talking about here is this is what we have to look forward to in our day and age. And it's all here. Now, and, 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 and what's really neat, when you look at that, when you get into that, bless God, uh, you begin to realize, well, hey, that's what we got here. Now, what I want you to understand, the persons within this first five verses here, these people have no godly guidance or input at all for their lives. These people don't have any. Now, some of them think they do. Okay, religion will cause you to think that you that you got this thing, this thing just exactly where you need to have it. But when you begin to understand something, these people don't have any godly guidance in their life. They're out here, bless God, like I said, they're lovers of their own selves, they're covenants, they're boasters, blasphemers, disobedient parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affections, uh, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures, more than lovers of God, and finally having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. Now, there is a mechanism on the inside of every person that's ever come forth from the mother's womb in this world. The mechanism is your spirit man, the real you, all right? Now, that mechanism, or your spirit, is desirous to communicate with your Creator. Now, I want you to listen because I'm going to get kind of deep here, and I'm going to try not to get way out of hand with it, so just hold on here for a moment. You were in communication 
with the Lord God when you uh, were at the foundations of the world. You communicated with the Lord God before your spirit was placed into your mother's womb. All right? Now, have you ever noticed when babies are first born how it seems like they're grinning? And, of course, I know the doctors, they try to tell you that's gas, but don't believe everything they, that the doctors have got to say. But if you notice how it seems like they, they look and they, they're caught up, they are still spirit more than they are flesh and blood. And they're dealing more still over into that other world. Now, as they grow older, as they are, you know, the hours and, and, the, and the days and the months accumulate, then they, they, they switch more on over into what we are now. A spirit, soul, and body. We're a spirit that's in bondage to this body. All right? Once, once you give up the ghost, you die, then this spirit man is then released once again back into the world in which you came from. And that's the way this whole entire thing works. So communication by God and from God was there. When you are born, and, and the reason that people get into the occult is that they're looking for the same thing that you and I were looking for. They're looking for a way to bless God to form a communication with the Creator Himself. And, and people in darkness, are, are their spirit man is yearning and reaching out. Obviously, they're going the wrong direction, all right? But they don't have to go the wrong direction. They chose to do that. Those of us, bless God, that are in the light, we also are reaching out and we're trying once again to communicate with a Creator to let Him do what? Let Him guide us. Now, brothers and sisters, most all of you in this room are well of adult age. The, the, the problem of it is when we get to be our age, we get to thinking we're doing the guiding ourselves and we don't need to be guided anymore. But that's not the case. We all need to be guided, and we all need the guidance of God. Somebody say amen. Now, the sixth verse, it says, For of this sort they are which creep into houses and lead captive silly women's laden with sins, led away with divers' lusts, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Boy, is that the truth. Amen. It goes on, the eighth verse says, And as Janus and Jambres withstood Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds reprobate concerning the faith. And it goes on in the next verse and says, But they shall proceed no further, for their folly shall manifest unto all men as theirs also was. Now, uh, you know, it's, it's really something in that 7th and 8th verse, because we're ever learning. Uh, we, have, we come from a generation now, we have absolute contact through the Internet, through CDs, through through tapes, through books, with, of every means, of every type of religion that there is. In other words, there really isn't any excuses anymore of not being to be able to be educated outside of, of whatever it is that you've been educated in. Now, let me say that to say this. You are a product of where you have set. You know no more than what you were brought up under. And if you spent all your life in a Baptist church and now you've decided to get the Holy Ghost and become a what they're trying to call Messianic Judaism, which I detest, that, bless God, uh, then you understand something. The only thing you're bringing with you is the Baptist side. That's all that you know. See, I feel so sorry for people that have only known I'm a Catholic or I'm a Baptist or I'm a Methodist or I'm a Pentecostal or I'm a Charismatic or I'm this or I'm that. Because, folks, you are a product of that and you can't know any more than you've been taught. See, that's the reason when revelation knowledge comes, people go, 
Well, that can't be God. You know why they say that? Because, well, they, we wouldn't talk that in our church. What is that? That is stupidity working at its highest point that it can ever get to. Because I'm going to tell you something. Your church doesn't have all the answers. Only revelation knowledge comes as God transitions, which if you haven't heard of that message, you need to get that back there off the table, because God has transitioned us past the Pentecostals, the, the, the charismatic church, and now we stand at the very brink of the greatest move of God that mankind has, has ever seen. We're, we're there. And, that, and what are we doing in the church? Well, we're, we're saying, well, that can't be God because, you know, we don't understand that and we don't know that. And I'm going to say to you again, as you've heard me say in the past, bless God, this is only given to those that have ears to hear. Okay? And the, for those that don't have ears to hear, we just need to pray for them. Now, they can see at any point that they should want to see, according to Scripture, God will illuminate them and let them see. But you see, as long as religion is in their lives, they can't see. Why? Because they are in bondage. They are in bondage to that piece of, of religion that they know and don't know anything else. Why are communists communists? Because that's all they've ever known. Why are the militant, the Muslims militant? That's all they've ever known. Why are we in a democracy? That's all that we have ever known. Shake your head. Okay? That, and that, uh, that in itself is exactly the way it is. Now, as, as the power of God and the operation of God's power comes upon us, it's going to take the guidance, and, and that guidance system is, is never been any less than God Himself. Now, from 6 through 9 that we just read, these persons here with the wrong input, will not, they'll, they'll never make further progress, all right? Why won't they make any further progress? Because they already know everything. They're ever learning, never able to come to the knowledge. So they're not going to go any further than they are because they already think they, they're there. You know, I've heard people say, well, now, Brother Deckard, I'm going to tell you, I appreciate what you're saying, but you see, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Pentecostal or I'm a charismatic, which I hear most from, and, and Brother Deckard, <clears throat> if God was going to have done that, he had told us first. You ought to hear the stuff that I hear. I said, really? Well, then that doesn't leave room for the rest of us. Now, for those of you that traveled here, uh, uh, when I said that God hid me away, he did a pretty good job, didn't he? This whole area is called Little Egypt, all right? I come from Mount Carmel, all right? The old prophet said that's where a real prophet had come from. Don't you forget that, okay? He, he said, now there's where a real prophet would come. Well, what's that got to do with the guidance? Well, not much. Now, in the 10th verse, it says this, But thou hast fully known my doctrine, matter of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, patience, persecutions, Afflictions which came unto me at Antioch and Iconium and Lystra, uh, what persecutions I endured, but out of them all the Lord delivered me. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Some of you need to underline that, because some of you think that one more prayer, one more round of fasting, one more giving a buck and a plate is going to get you a place where there's everything's coming up roses, and you're wrong. The righteous, what is it? Bless God, the, those in godly, those that live godly in Jesus Christ shall suffer persecution. Listen to me closely. We are entering into the time of the greatest persecution that's ever come against God's people. We're coming to it. See, we're already, we're already there and nobody seems to understand it. Our forefathers came to this great nation with one thing in mind, was to serve the Lord Yeshua, Jesus Christ, 
as they saw fit. They won freedom of that. And that's what formed this great nation. That's the reason God blessed this nation the reason the way He blessed them. Now let me make another statement here uh, that, that God give me some revelation about that I want to share with you. We in America came in here and slaughtered the native Indians, didn't we? Came in and slaughtered them and everybody felt sorry for them. I'm going to tell you something. The native Indians are part of the lost tribes of Israel. And the way I know that is Donna has a cousin back in the 1700s came over here with the whole idea to prove and wrote a book, which we happen to have a copy of that book, and have read that book, and with great astonishment, the Cherokees. You know they went on the, uh, the Trail of Tears? Do you know they wouldn't walk on that trail on Shabbat? Do you know they kept New Moon? Do you know they kept the festivals? And he documented all this stuff. The reason that, that they got slaughtered, listen to me, when the Lord God drove Ephraim from the northern kingdom of all of Israel, He said, I will send you to the four corners of the earth and I will hunt you down and I will destroy you. Did God fulfill the Scriptures? Then quit feeling sorry for the American Indians. They got what they had coming by the Word of God. Okay, Not that it was fun, because it wasn't. Now, the same thing that our forefathers let us come here to do. Now we have let every matter of religion come in here. Islam didn't come in here for the freedom of serving Jesus Christ, did they? No. So what makes them different than us? Number one, that. Number two, we got real stupid in our government, and we started letting a lot of ungodly and unholy men and women try to make up the, the laws to guide this country. Now listen to me, that don't give one iota for you and I. Okay? And so they took over. Now they have run the country. They're, 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 the country's divided because they're divided. You can, this, this house can't be raised back. I'm telling you, it's a prophet of God. This nation is going down. There's nuclear capabilities right here hidden with some of these people today. I will tell you sometime this weekend, and some of you have heard and some of you haven't heard, of the latest vision that God gave me about America and what is already here, what's going on. And I've even got confirmation from people that's told me that they, they know from another side of this table, which means from the governmental side. Now, these people that are down in, from the 10th verse down, they, 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 these are people here that are, see the need to be guided. See, when he says, he says, uh, that's fully sent on my doctrine, my matter of life, long-suffering charity. The ninth verse says, but they proceed no further, for their folly shall manifest unto all men, as theirs also was. He goes on down to say that, bless God, that uh, the, the godly is going to be persecuted. Uh, that's in Christ Jesus. So what he's saying here is, that, bless God, this group here is a group of people that, that, that bless God, they need to be guided. So you see that the whole key is the first group, bless God, uh, they, they had no godly guidance, didn't want any. The second group, bless God, they were, they were, they were persons with wrong input uh, that, that will not make any further progress with God, period. And then the third group is a group that's seeing that they have need of guidance. So the key is to realize that you need to be guided. Now there there are there are a number of things that probably need to be discussed when we begin to talk about the need to be guided. Most people have been taught, especially the the, the full gospel people, the people full the Rahakadish, the the Holy Ghost, have been taught that once you receive uh, the infilment thereof, 
then, bless God, that the devil can't get you because you're covered by the blood of Jesus Christ, and now you're being led and you're being taught into all truth. That's what we were taught, right? So we really don't need to be guided anymore because what? We believe that that mechanism, that mechanism is in place. Now, part of that's right. And we're going to, with this weekend, we're going to examine that and, and pick forth or bring forth the things that, that are true. But what you've got to understand that the guidance system is a little trickier than saying, give me a dream tonight, Jesus, and show me what I'm supposed to do. For those of you that have been taught that, you probably need to be delivered of that. Okay? Anybody stupid enough to start asking God to give you a dream is asking the devil to come on in and run your life, and he's going to. He's going to come in with a familiar spirit, and he is going to guide your life. Now listen to me. If God wants you to have a dream, if God wants you to have a visitation, he's big enough to bring it to you without you asking for it. But you see, the church never taught that. And you know why? Not enough of them was ever visited by God to be able to teach it. And that's the truth. Now, let's go to Romans, the 8th chapter of Romans, another place where we find guidance being talked about. Will guidance come in your life? It will if you put things together in the right way, and that's important. Now, we're going to start in, the, in, the, in, the, in uh, Romans 8.14. It says, For as many are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Now, you understand that it says if you're being led by the Spirit of God, so the prerequisite of being a son of God is being led by the Spirit of God. All right? Now, how do you know if you're being led by the Spirit? Now, you've got to understand something. You are being led by something. You're being led by, by, by either your mind, the spirit of light, or the spirit of darkness. That's what's leading you. There's no other mechanism set on this earth that, that it's going to be. It's either God, it's either God, your mind, or, or darkness, a familiar spirit. Now, we went through a lot of that, I think, and touched a lot of that when we got into the thing on false prophets and false prophecies that you might begin to, you might begin to understand and, and, and get it all down. Now, the ingredients uh, of guidance are, 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 are our human spirit. The, 16th, the 15th verse says, For we have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but we receive the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, who? Father. The Spirit is helped bear with us with our spirit that we are the children of God. The Spirit, what, capital S, the Spirit of God bears witness with our spirit that we are what? The children of God. And if we're children of God, we do have certain rights, all right? So number one, our, our human spirit, bless God, is, is ingredients for guidance. It has to be used. Number two, God's Holy Spirit, which is talked about. The base of all guidance is, is we have a Father, a Father that loves us, a Father that cares about us, a Father that wants us to get in the right place. Because you see, each person that's here in this room, each person that's placed on this earth, God has given an agenda to. There are certain things that God, as we're placed into our, into our, parent, our mother's wombs, that God has given us to do on this earth. Uh, we want to use a lot of things. The word anointing is one. The anointing in your life will get done what God sets you here to do if you can be guided to get to that point. Most of us go out here half-cocked, and we get in a church, and we get filled with the Holy Ghost, and we get told every time we pray, 
Only God can speak to you that the devil now is far from you. And that's the biggest Christ that you will have ever believed if you bought that bag of rocks. All right? Yes, God is speaking, but also the powers of darkness are speaking. All right? Now, you, you've got to understand that a spirit of darkness will come to you what? As a spirit of light. Or an angel of darkness. As an angel of light. We went through that. You can't, you, you're never going to get to the place where you are so spiritual that you can tell the difference in that. Folks, it doesn't work that way. I'm sorry, but it just doesn't. And what we've been told, we've been told that it does. That's the reason we've got all these, all these, uh, now be careful, knuckleheads running around here saying God said this and God said that and God gave this in a dream and God gave that to dream. Let me tell you dreamers of dream something and don't you forget that this prophet is speaking to you tonight. If you're having a dream that's other than personal guidance for you and your family, then that dream that you're going to get has got to be interpreted by a real prophet. Okay? Read the book. Joseph was given a dream, wasn't he? Personally, for him, he knew that he was to take what? Yeshua and, and flee to Egypt. He did that. What about Daniel? What about the things that happened? Uh, Daniel had to be able to interpret the dream of the king. Other people had to interpret those dreams. Dreams have to be interpreted. They're not something to bless God that God's going to show you a dream that the, that the San Francisco bridge is going to fall in the ocean tomorrow at 9 a.m. with an earthquake. That, those things have to be interpreted. That's where you dreamers of dreams got fooled and sucked in by familiar spirits. All right? And those familiar spirits are taking a lot of people down. And they don't even know it. They're being guided. Now, again, the three mechanisms is what? God, your mind, and the spirit of darkness. Those people are being guided spiritually, but they're being guided by the wrong mechanism. They're being guided by darkness. Does that happen? Every day. How can it be stopped? By them deciding that, bless God, they want to sit down and be taught something instead of, bless God, being spiritual. As I said, the problem we have today, everybody wants to be spiritual. What I find is a lack of scripturality. Over and over again, I keep saying to you, once you get smart enough, uh, I was getting ready to go to Lansing, uh, no, to Minneapolis, and 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 this this guy wrote to me, and oh he oh he said I'm telling you, he said I came and I've been under your ministry, and you're such a prophet of God, and you're this and that, but he said I must rebuke you now. I thought well, here it comes. Well, he said you know. Uh, you know, he said, uh, uh, you, you wear a head covering, and he said, that's, uh, that's, uh, that's, uh, that's, not, that's dishonoring God, and you must take that head covering off. And I thought, now here's stupidity. Here's stupidity. You know what I said? When stupidity happens, it's something to watch, folks. You want to you wanna, you wanna play games with me, you better know what you're talking about. All right? The, uh, Israel had just come out of captivity from, from Babylon. They came back. In Babylon... They wore head coverings that had veils that veiled their faces. If you go back and if you can interpret the Greek to the Hebrew, you'll find out that's what it was about. Don't get stupid with me. All right? If you want to come and challenge me, you better understand the word because I am really getting to the point I'm tired of this kind of stupidity going on. Yes, the church teaches what? You're not, you can't, you can't, you don't go into a Christian church with a hat on, do you? Yet you don't go into a synagogue without a covering, men and women. Okay? Well, who's right? Read the book. 
We got we got CDs back there, tapes back there on head coverings. Read it. Read it. Let me tell you something else while I'm beating the drum, girls. I'm going to tell you something. These bobbed-off hairdos isn't what God's got in mind either, all right? You want to be a man? Then go get a sex change and become one. I know that didn't go over well, but I'm telling you the truth. This this is start this thing we're want we're wanting to please God and we're out here being an abomination to God and we think well now he'll overlook that because this is the age we live in the age we live in doesn't have a cockeyed thing to do with God's word when God said that you will keep Shabbat throughout your generations for a perpetual covenant it was not the year 2007 in which he said that for all mankind well that's a Jewish Sabbath now that the, the, the Sabbath was never given to the Jews doesn't have a thing to do with the Jews, all right? The Jews accepted it because God said to keep it. The Sabbath was given to mankind long before the Lord God sought out little Israel and called them the Hebrews, all right? The Israelites. Now, where am I at? Well, we'll get down through there, all right? Now, the 15th verse, it says, For we have not received the spirit of bondage again but fear uh, to fear, uh, but to receive the spirit of adoption whereby we cry out. In other words... In other words, our relationship with God, the fatherhood and the relation uh, basis or the relationship basis is just that. You've got to first get rightly related with God. That The whole concept of what God is trying to do and has always tried to do with mankind is first to get His creations, Him as the Creator, His creations in, in the right relationship with Him and to Him. And then He wants to get what? then he wants to get you rightly related to your brothers and sisters. And it goes in that order. So when it gets out of that order, and it does often, then, then, then it gets all messed up. And, you know, and the thing that I said that I watched so long, uh, being that Yeshua said, I'm not greater than my Father. And yet I have been in so many uh, Christian church services, and I never heard the Father ever spoken about. It was always Yeshua. It was always Jesus. Now what is that? That's an abomination. That's an abomination to God. That's not at all what this is about. Folks, the thing the church did, the church missed the boat. And the reason the church missed the boat, listen to me, instead of having a prophet or prophets filled with the Holy Ghost, bless God, to, to bring forth, we went, Rome decided they were going to get, take their boys that were so learned of whatever it was, they were going to canonize the Scriptures and tell you and I what we were supposed to believe. Okay? You know, some of you have heard me say, Paul was not left in charge of the church. Peter was. Peter had the keys to the kingdom. Paul didn't have keys to the kingdom. You know why Paul was 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 chosen by by uh, by Rome? Because Paul was a Pharisee. Peter probably couldn't even write his name. Paul was what they needed, as to somebody that was educated, somebody that was believable, not some dumb fisherman. They didn't need him, but yet. The Lord Yeshua gave him the keys of the kingdom. Have you ever wondered what those keys are? Sure we have. Is there any place that explains it? They're given to Peter. Did Peter have it? Yes, Peter had the keys. Would Peter have written and given to him? Yeah, probably somewhere of all what got canonized, that got thrown in the back shelf somewhere. All right? And uh, I, I've got a fellow that seems to think he can find out about that. And I told him if he'd find out about that, then I'll fast and pray, and I'll ask God to give me an audience with, it has to be, with the Pope. I want to see those Scriptures. I want to see what it is that we didn't get. And folks, again, if it's not done by a prophet, it doesn't count. Amos 3, 7. 
Okay, if it's not done by prophet, it doesn't count. Those weren't prophets that canonized that Bible that's laying in your lap. There's a bunch of jugheads. Didn't even have the Holy Ghost. And here we are, full gospel, Pentecostal, charismatic, messianic messes that we all are. And bless God, we're sitting there believing that everything Paul said, bless God, that we're just to believe it for fact of matter, and we don't even understand Paul was writing letters to churches and was having problems trying to straighten the church out. That's the reason we got some sects of Christianity that won't let a woman do what? Allow her in the pulpit, let her in the Sunday school or classes or anything else, because they're not allowed to speak. Period. Well, folks, again, when stupidity works, it's something to watch, and that's stupidity at its greatest. A woman, a woman ran all of Israel at one time. Come on, look out. That's right. Deborah, Deborah ran all of Israel at one time. And you're telling me that God did what? Changed His mind? But yet the Scripture says He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And yet the church tells you that that the New Testament come along, tried to call a new covenant, and it's not the new covenant. It's the New Testament in His blood. He came to do but one thing. And what was He come to do? He came to do what the law couldn't do. He provided us access into the kingdom of God through the shedding of His human blood. He became that. Folks, that's all that he came to do. He didn't come over. He didn't come along to take over the, the business and the father retire. He didn't bless God come along and decide that in some manner, shape, or form that bless God that that, that now that everything was didn't need the old covenant anymore. Now listen, well listen. He's the same when yesterday. Did yesterday we have the covenant from the Lord God? See, that's what the church has left out: the covenant. Okay. Uh, the, the, he said, I'm the same yesterday, forever, or today, yesterday, forever, however you want to put it, yesterday, today, and forever. Now, was it right that? Yes. Well, what happened then? The church decided to throw it out. Like I said, without the covenant, that's the reason you're all sick. Without the covenant, that's the reason you're all broke. Without the covenant, that's the reason you're all, you're all, bless God, depressed at times. Because why? In Deuteronomy 28, it tells us very, very clearly, if you will observe and do all that is written within the law, that you will be blessed beyond anything you can imagine. Now that goes down to the first 15, 14 verses, 15 through 68, all the curses. The curses will be sitting with you if you're somewhere in church next week. The curses are sitting in that room with you while you're there. See, that's the, that's, that's the reason I'm trying to tell you you don't have to be the way you are, except you bought a bag of rocks and you don't know any different. What did I say before? You are a product of what? Of what you've been taught. So you're afraid to expand your spirit, man. You're, you're afraid to expand your carnal minds to even imagine that you don't have to be sick. Even imagine you don't have to be broke. Even imagine you don't have to be down and out and all the blind and, 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 and everything else that goes on. But the fact of the matter is, it's in the covenant. And when you keep the covenant, then there are certain things within that covenant that you possess. When you don't keep the covenant, you don't possess any of it. You know the only thing you possess? is eternal life. And the long run is going to mean everything to it. Alright? But I have always said, until you give up the ghost, what he came and what he did isn't going to mean much. He did send us back the Holy Ghost to Rahakadish. He did give us the authority and the power of His name to be able to work here on this earth with. But the fact of the matter of it is, that's all that He did. And, and, and somehow, 
somehow we've taken this thing and wrote a whole complete new something out of it. And then all of a sudden, do you notice when you get out of the book of Acts, how it all began to change? How all things began to change? Now, you got to the year 2007. We're running up and down the aisles. Some of us are, you know, we've got bands of playing and music and people are singing and bringing in celebrities to sing that are now saved and, and bless God, the, the latest and greatest preacher. And we've got congregations now of, of 40 and 50,000 people that have to meet three times on Sunday to just get it in and the preachers don't have enough anointing to spit on. What's going on? I'll tell you what's going on. We have been turned over to believe a lie. But there is a remnant that God has always pulled, and He's pulling the remnant in this last hour and this last day. Most of us in this room ain't buying the garbage that they're trying to sell. Not going to buy it. We're going to go on into this thing with the Lord God, and we are going to do exactly what the Lord God has told us that we will do. Well, let's go on, because the further I go, the further behind I'm getting, all right? Now, getting all right. 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 Now, we, you know, again, let's go to John 8:29. Turn there with me. Get the foundation laid here this evening. I guess I'll be probably doing better than most. 8:29. Book of John. And it says, And he that has sent me is, is with me. The Father hath not left me alone, for I do always those things that please him. So it's back to a Father thing, isn't it? It's back to, it's, Father, send the Holy Spirit to lead and to teach us. And that's exactly what we got done. The issue of God's Holy Spirit enables us, our human spirits, to do God's no one will, number one, and to be motivated to be a father pleaser, number two. See, we forget our place is to please the Father. Our place is not to try to elevate our place and to become, oh, look at me because I prophesy, or look at me, I had a dream, or look at me, I'm so spiritual and I want to be whatever that is, so you think I'm some great one. That is not at all what the Father's got in mind. We are what? Children of the Most High God. He has anointed all of us differently to bring us all at times and places upon this earth to do specifically those things in which have been assigned to us. You know what the problem is? Most of us will never have fulfilled what we were sent here to do because we got saved, we got into a church, some of us got filled with the Holy Ghost, and bless God, we got into the agenda of the church, into religion, and most of us will never, never succeed. Now, let me tell you something that I say all the time. I, because of being a, a prophet of God, I get a lot of people that come to me and say, oh, I'm a prophet, okay, or I'm called to be a prophet. And, and you know what I tell most of them is this, the call doesn't really make a difference at this point in your life. What makes a difference is you probably will never fulfill it. You probably will never fulfill it. And brothers and sisters, there are rules to this thing. And the rule is not that all you got to do is fast one day a week or two days a week and bless God, drink a Pepsi-Cola three times a month or whatever it is and get into this ritual thing and all of a sudden you're a full-blown prophet. It don't work that way. Prophets beget prophets. If you're thinking about being a prophet, you better get your hiney under a real hard-nosed prophet. Now, I don't know any offhand, 
But you better get under a real prophet and you better grow up. You're going to screw up. You hear what I'm saying? You're going to mess up and a real prophet's going to straighten you up. You might not like it. You may decide you don't like me. But the fact of it is you're going to learn something. I'm right. I've been around this for 31 years. I didn't start yesterday. I've had to deal with visions since I was eight years old. I didn't start yesterday. The fact of it is I have traveled the world. I've been shot at. They've tried to kidnap me. They've tried to burn places that I've stayed to kill me. They unloaded seven guys off of a bus in the Philippines and, and slaughtered them and left a note on one of them's chest saying, we killed the prophet Deckard. I know what it is to be chased over this world. I know what it is to stand before Muslim kings and, and, and presidents and have to prophesy and say, in three days this is going to happen, knowing full well that if it didn't happen in three days, they're going to, they're going to throw me in a hole somewhere and throw the key away, and nobody is going to know ever what happened to me. I know what this is all about. The sad thing of it is we got people thinking that God's calling them to major prophecies that bless God that's paid no price. Listen to me. It does not, never has, and never will work that way. It doesn't work that way. And that and it's sad. Because we got so many people, as I keep saying, saying so many things that nobody now knows seems to know exactly which way should we go, hither or thither. Okay? Now in the ninth verse of Romans uh, the eighth chapter, uh, turn back there. I should have told you to, I should have placed something there myself, as a matter of fact. But in the in Romans eight, Romans eight, the ninth verse. Now it says this, Romans eight nine. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so, that be that the, the spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have the spirit of God of Christ, uh, have not the spirit of Christ. I'm sorry, he is none of us. So, so we have uh, understand we're not of the flesh. The foundational truth is that although the Holy Spirit dwells in us and leads us by what an inward prompting, and that's what that is. All right. All his activities are guided and guarded by the outward witness, which is what? The written word. See, that's where people get so fouled up and don't understand. It's got to line up with the word. Now, let's, let's, let's try this one out. Brother Deckard, have you been in the latest service where gold dust has fallen down? And they're finding diamonds on the floor. Okay? Show me where that lines up with the word. God's consistent, folks. God ain't doing a new thing with gold dust. Okay? You say, well, I was there. Well, then you better go check the air ducts. You better find out how they stuck it in there because it didn't come to God. And if it did come, it came, uh, if it came spiritually, it came with a familiar spirit. Why? Because that's not consistent with God. You see, what we've got now in the church is we have got, uh, it's showtime. If we can't entertain you, you're not going to stay. If we can't do the latest and greatest, remember when the guy come through the country, that, that guy by the name of Brown, and he la got everybody laughing, and everybody fell on the floor, and bless God, we laughed, and we felt so good, and how much closer did that get us to God? Not one iota. What was that? That was a familiar spirit. Did the church know? No, the church just lined up and called it a refreshing. Hey, thank you again so much. That's Prophet Tom Deckard, Mount Carmel, Illinois. Cradle of Hope Ministries. Again, you can get more information out at the website, www.jewishprophet.com. Get out there, do yourself a favor, find out what's going on here, and you won't be disappointed. 
So, again, you can also get more. All the tape series is out there on the website for you to get a hold of. I greatly encourage you to get all that. You can also email your prayer request to cradle at jewishprophet.com, and we'll be praying for your prayer request. Again, that's cradle at jewishprophet.com. Shalom. Until next week.